0: City, WLCC, Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Online at letstalkfaith.com or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey.
1: The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded.
0: When elders convey the scriptures to you in whatever form it takes, obeying your leaders means to do what the Word of God says as it comes forth from the teaching ministry of the elders. The elders' task is to teach, the congregation's task is to obey the scriptures and apply them to your life, and that's what it means to obey your leaders. James said in his wonderful letter, he said, don't just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. When you hear a spiritual truth taught from scripture from the elders, then you're to say, Lord, how can I put this into effect? How can I apply it? Now what does it mean to submit? Because he doesn't just say obey your leaders, he says submit to them. How is submission different than obedience? Well, it's similar, but it's a little different. You see the elders of a church do more than teach. They give direction to the church. They make decisions.
1: That line Pastor Steve gave just a moment ago. The elder's task is to teach, the congregation's task is to obey the scriptures and apply them to your life, and that's what it means to obey your leaders. You know, when you hear it that way, the whole idea of obedience and submission sounds a lot more appealing. Hello, and welcome once again to Verse by Verse, where we are featuring the biblical teaching of Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Our series, taken from Hebrews 13, is titled, Biblical Instructions for Godly Living. If you ever find yourself in the situation of only catching part of these broadcasts, please surf over to versebyverseradio.org and sign up for our podcast. Right now, though, we are ready to hear from Pastor Steve.
0: The pagan, secular style of leadership is a no-go for Christian leaders. Instead, Christian leaders are to be servants. The pagans lord it over those who are under them, and they like to demand things, and they like being served by those beneath them. But that's not the way God's leaders are to be. They're to be humble servants. They're servant leaders. Now Jesus went on to say, ultimately, these apostles would rule. They were to have places of honor in the kingdom. They were to sit on thrones and judge the 12 tribes of Israel. But not now. Now, they're to be lowly servants just like the master, just like Jesus. He said, I didn't come to recline and be served. I came to serve. even washed their filthy feet, got in between those little toes and got all that out. That's disgusting. Now, that's what a servant does. Now, the apostle Peter who heard this, he grasped this truth. And so he wrote a verse that every pastor ought to be familiar with. In fact, every leader ought to be familiar with. First Peter chapter 5 says, Therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that's to be revealed. Shepherd the flock. He's telling these elders, shepherd the flock, be good pastors. Shepherd the flock among you, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain. Don't do it for money. Don't do it to take advantage, but with eagerness nor yet is lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. Don't be dictators, be an example. And he says in verse 4, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. So we're just under shepherds, below the chief shepherd. We're just stewards to take care of the flock of God. Now, in light of the type of leadership that the New Testament teaches and calls us to have, the writer to the Hebrews says that the congregation is to obey and submit to this type of humble, godly leadership. And what does that mean specifically? First of all, what does it mean to obey the elders of a church? Very simple, not difficult at all. To obey the elders of a church means that when they teach you the word of God, you do what the word of God says. That's what it means. Remember, elders are to teach. We know that from the qualifications. They are to be apt to teach. Titus chapter 1 says that they are to hold fast to the word of truth. They are to teach, and they are to refute error, and they are teachers. Second Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed, and it is profitable for doctrine. Profitable for other things, too. That the man of God may be thoroughly furnished. He's probably referring there to the man of God who teaches. That's all he needs. He's, the Word of God is sufficient. And teaching, I might add, is not only from the pulpit. That's just one form. It could be a Sunday school class. It could be counseling. It could be advice. It could be one-on-one conversation. It could be discipling. It could be any type of communication of the Word of God. When elders convey the Scriptures to you in whatever form it takes, obeying your leaders means to do what the Word of God says as it comes forth from the teaching ministry of the elders. The elders' task is to teach. The congregation's task is to obey the Scriptures and apply them to your life. And that's what it means to obey your leaders. James said in his wonderful letter, he said, don't just be hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word. When you hear a spiritual truth taught from Scripture, from the elders, then you're to say, Lord, how can I put this into effect? How can I apply it? Now, what does it mean to submit? Because he doesn't just say obey your leaders. He says submit to them. How does submission different than obedience? Well, it's similar, but it's a little different. You see, the elders of a church do more than teach. They give direction to the church. They make decisions 1 Timothy 3, 4, and 5 says that they rule the church, they manage the church. It's the Greek word that means they stand before a group of people who are going to follow them. So they're more than teachers, they're leaders, they're rulers in a positive sense. Not dictators, but rulers in a positive sense. The elders are managers of the church of God, we are stewards, we've been entrusted. And basically, what you have to look at is that they make decisions, they give directions to the church, you say, what kind of decisions? The elders make financial decisions. And I'm not talking about just our church. Any church, it ought to be this way. They make decisions that affect the direction of the church. They make policy decisions. They make decisions on ministries. They are overseers. They make decisions. And the congregation is to yield to these decisions. And sometimes these decisions are not even based on Scripture. They can't be in violation of Scripture. But sometimes you just can't pull a verse out. Like, do you get a new sound system? You won't find that in the Bible. And there are a lot of things like that. But to submit, this word submit means to yield. It's a little bit different than another popular word that's in the Greek New Testament, translated submit, which means to rank under. This word means to yield, to give in, to go that way. And it's really an attitude of the heart that the writer is referring to. So it's an attitude to the authority of another. And why is this so important? Because elders, and this you must catch, Elders only rule in the place and authority of Jesus Christ. They have no authority independent of him. To submit to the elders of a church is the equivalent of submitting to Jesus Christ because he rules through them. Now, that's just an eternal principle. That's how submission works. That's why in Ephesians chapter 5, we're told that wives are to submit to their husbands as what? Unto the Lord. Not that their husband is the Lord and not the elders of the Lord. Certainly, I mean, that would be blasphemous to say that but that God places authority over us and he ordains it. That's why children are to obey their parents, to submit to their parents. And it says, as unto the Lord, or a phrase similar to that, in government it says that God has ordained it to not submit to government is to oppose the ordinance of God and oppose God himself. And that's what he's ordained to maintain order in our society. So you must understand that when we're talking about authority, we're not talking about authority independent of Jesus Christ. To submit to elders is the equivalent to submitting to Jesus Christ. He's not going to talk to you personally. He's already talked to us through his word. So when elders teach the word, you say, yes, I'm going to obey. When they give you a direction or a decision, then you're to say yes, unless it violates scripture. If it violates scripture, you are not to submit. But violate scripture, you must obey the scripture. And this doesn't mean that you can't disagree. You ought to do it in a respectful way. It doesn't mean that you can't see things differently. It doesn't mean that you have to, without thinking, agree with everything. Because that's the way leadership is. But it does mean that you are still to yield. You can have a difference of opinion. That's alright. But you ought to be respectful and you ought to be submissive. What does the Bible teach if a wife has an unsaved husband who tells her to do some ridiculous things but it doesn't violate scripture what is she supposed to do well according to first peter chapter 3 she's to submit she's to concentrate on godly behavior even if her husband is not godly now if he tells her to do something that violates the word of god then she's not to do that what about in the case of slaves who now we would say employees first peter 2:18 says submit to them even if they're ridiculous Let's look at 1st Peter because this was a suffering church that was going through some suffering not just from the government but from masters and from husbands. Let's look at this a little bit. 1st Peter chapter 2, verse 18. Servants and here we would apply it certainly to employees. Let's put it this way, employees be submissive to your employers with all respect. See, don't just yield to them but do it in a respectful way. Not only to those who are good and gentle, but also those who are unreasonable. See, anybody can submit to somebody who's good and gentle. It's the unreasonable people we might have a difficult time with. And let's look at 1 Peter chapter 3 about wives. Let's read that. In the same way you wives be submissive to your own husbands. In what same way? The same way if you looked in chapter 2 that Jesus Christ submitted to ungodly men who crucified him, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives, as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. And do not let your adornment be external only. He's not saying don't let it be external, just external only. you got to have some external adornments: Braiding the hair, wearing gold jewelry, putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in former times, the holy women also who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, Thus Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. And then let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 and 14 about the government. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. And there you had a wicked government. So the principle is this. Even if those who are over you, you disagree with them, unless they call you to violate scripture, you are to submit to their leadership. Tremendous character building. And what about church elders? Are you to submit to them when you don't agree with their decisions? Yes. Yes. Unless they tell you to violate scripture. And why? Because Jesus Christ has sovereignly placed them over you to lead you spiritually. Now, I want to say contrary to how many churches operate and you may have come from a church like this. The New Testament does not teach that the congregation rules the leaders. I know there are churches like that. In fact, many churches are like that. They have the congregation over the leadership. That's a reversal of God's ordained principle. Also, I'll tell you something else that may shock you, but the New Testament does not teach that the church is run by a democracy. Our country is, and that's fine, but not the church. It teaches that elders rule for Jesus Christ. He's the head of the church, and he is the head, and he rules through godly men. They're just taking care of the church. They're just stewards while he's away. That's all. There is no place in the church for anarchy, self-will, stubbornness, or willful independent spirit by the congregation. Every Christian is to yield to the submission to the elders. And I just want you to know, I'm not saying that in a dictatorial way. That's why I wanted to set the background of this servant leadership Obey what they teach from God's word. Now we have to remember and be very frank about this that our hearts are stubborn. The flesh and sin that dwells in us is just stubborn. We're proud, we're rebellious, and submission and obedience isn't something we naturally feel like doing. So what should you do? Don't listen to your feelings. Do it anyway. If you were to base things on your feelings, you'd never have a wife who'd submit to a husband, you'd never have children who submit. You'd never I'd never submit. And I have to submit to the elders too, and every elder has to submit to the elders. So I'm not telling you to do something that I'm not doing. See, we live in a world where submission is out. You say this to the secular world, and they'll say, you have come from another planet, but you're still back in another age. The word sounds, as I said before, so archaic and so cultic, but the Bible teaches it, and we need to have the balance of Scripture, and we need to understand this. We live in a defiant society that says we have our rights, and we're going to do whatever we want, and nobody tells us what to do. That's the way the world thinks. But listen, Jesus Christ, the Bible says, has chosen us out of the world. We're to be different from the world, and this is one of the main areas we can be different where we submit to mark of godliness to submit. We are to yield to the authority that God has put over us. And you say, but I might disagree. You know what? I understand that because the congregation is not in elders' meetings. You don't sit there for hours and know what we've discussed. I understand that. And you may not have all the information. You have every right to ask questions in a respectful way. You don't have a right to be defiant and be disrespectful, but you have a right to ask questions, but you don't have a right to grumble or complain or be divisive and things like that. And I might add this. We ought not to leave a church over a difference of opinion with leadership. I think that's very important. There are legitimate reasons to leave a church. Leave a church when they're in error in doctrine. You leave a church when you have no longer confidence in the integrity of the leadership. But not because they make a decision that you don't like. And why? Listen, this applies to a lot of people who jump around from church to church because they have differences of opinion. You see, if you do that, you never get to work through your problem and come to the godly response of submission. You're bypassing what God wants to do in your life. You're bypassing it because you can handle submission to authority. And you go to another church, and when you have a conflict there, you have to move on because you've never allowed what the Spirit of God wants you to do in your life and that is to teach submission. Now this doesn't mean, and I'm going to stress it again, that elders are above questioning. And it doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. And it doesn't mean that you should submit to an elder if he's teaching error or if he's morally out of order. If he's morally out of order, and I'll just ask you to write this down. We won't take the time to look at this. First Timothy chapter 5, verses 19 and 20 says that he ought to be disciplined in the sense that you ought to be publicly exposed. If there's an elder who has sin in his life, and I'm talking about a glaring sin, and he has disqualified himself from leadership because of that sin, then he ought to be publicly exposed for what he really is. So we're not saying that elders can't be questioned. We're just saying that if things are in order, in terms of teaching the truth, in terms of their life being in order, and they make a decision, the Bible says the church ought to submit. Now the question you ought to have, and the one that I have, because I've studied this passage, is why should we submit to the leaders? Why? Oftentimes the Bible tells us to do something, and then God is so very gracious, he tells us why we ought to do it. Not just do this, but why. The rest of this verse gives us four reasons why the church should submit to the leaders. And I might add, this is very important, because I have seen people who have not followed this, and they have left the church for ridiculous, little petty, nothing reasons, and often due to a lack of submission. So here's some reasons, here's some substance behind this. Reason number one, notice verse 17 goes on to say, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls. You know what the word watch means? It's a wonderful word. It carries with it the idea of tireless effort and concern to the point of losing sleep. Isn't that a great word? The thought is that just as a true shepherd stays awake at night over concern for the welfare of his flock, because there are dangers to the sheep out there. So the shepherd stays awake, so elders stay alert in a tireless effort because of the dangers that the congregation faces. Now I want you to think with me a little bit, because when I studied this and I read this, a little light went on in my mind. I said, aha, now I think I understand what was happening at this Hebrew congregation. If we understand a little bit more about what was happening at this congregation, we're going to understand what this verse is saying. These Jewish believers were open to false teachers and false teaching. Verse 9, do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings. Apparently, they were attracted to a variety of strange teachings while neglecting the solid and biblical teaching of the elders of their church. But they were gravitating to every new teaching that came down the road. But listen, it was their elders who really cared for them, who watched over their souls, not these other guys. Their elders were concerned for their spiritual welfare, for their safety, for their spiritual growth. These were God's appointed leaders, and this church was bypassing them, bypassing the humdrum local pastors for these attractive new teachers, maybe teachers with a little bit more pizzazz, a little bit more flamboyance, a little bit more charisma. They were gravitating to them as opposed to their humdrum, mundane leaders. Listen, the reason you ought to submit, at least one reason, to the leadership of your elders is because they are the ones who care about you. I assure you of that. Not only myself, but all the elders care about you. They care about your walk with Jesus Christ. They are your God-appointed shepherds who watch over your souls, not the television evangelists, not the radio preachers. Not false teachers and not the superstars of the Christian community, but your humdrum local elders. They're the ones who care about you. These other guys on TV and radio, they don't care. They don't know you. How do they care about you? See, there are dangers out there, and your elders care about you enough to try to protect you from those dangers. What are the dangers? Spiritual apathy, disobedience to the Word of God, error, compromise, bitterness, wrong attitudes, improper response to life's problems. Therefore, you need to listen and obey what the elders teach and submit to their direction because God has sovereignly placed them over you. Why? To shepherd you. They don't do this for their health. In fact, some of them have broken health over it. This is for your protection. This is for your protection. So the first reason is they watch over your souls. Nobody else watches over your soul. Nobody else cares about your soul unless their family or the church and specifically those in leadership over you. Reason number two. Writer goes on to say, as those who will give an account, as those who will give an account, someday your pastors and all pastors will stand before the Lord and he will ask them something like this, what have you done with my sheep? Now he knows already what we've done, but he wants us to answer. And they're going to have to give an account for how they shepherded God's flock. God entrusted the flock to our care. We're going to have to answer to the Lord. And that's an awesome thought. Quite frankly, that's kind of a scary thought. Scary for me. Awesome responsibility. James, let's look at James 3, 1 and 2. Let not many of you become teachers. You would think just the opposite. You'd think that the Bible would say, hey, listen, get into teaching. It's good. God wants to have his word communicated. But James says, don't be too quick to be a teacher. My brethren, he says, knowing that as such, we shall incur a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many ways. Teachers will receive a more severe judgment because of the greater responsibility. If they stumble, you know what? They take so many with them. That's why they'll get a stricter judgment. Now think about that for a moment. That's why there is no man who should come on the scene and say, I ought to be an elder. I served in a church board before, and I'd like to sit on the board. It's not just sitting on a board. You do that at a company. That's not the way the church is. You better think twice about sitting on a church board because you sit on our board, And there's a stricter judgment for you because we all stumble. And if you stumble to the point where you take people with you, when you stand before the Lord, there's going to be a stricter judgment. You see, I know that at the judgment seat of Christ, I and every elder at Lakeside will have to give an account to Christ about how we took care of you, how we ministered to you, how we protected you, how we taught you, how we kept you from spiritual danger. And I think about this a lot. And I struggle over my deficiencies, and I struggle over how our elders can do the best job of serving the needs of the church. And sometimes it bothers me when I see the elders, and myself included, going into all kinds of diversions and not getting on with how we can help the flock the best. That's what it's all about. And so that's how I react to that. I do struggle with that and my own deficiencies. This truth ought to motivate and does motivate us to do the most conscientious job that we can. But how should you react when you read this? You say, well, I'm not a pastor, big deal. How should you react? The fact that your elders are going to give an account of the way that they shepherded you ought to make you more willing to obey and yield and submit to them. Why? Because by doing this, you make things better for them. If you don't do this, you make things more difficult for them. And I know you don't want to do that. A self-willed congregation makes it more difficult in trying for a pastor to take care of the sheep. It is a much easier, much more joyous task when you have people who are yielding to the truth and obeying it. And so that's why by not submitting, you're making it more difficult. And I have to stand before the Lord and say, Lord, they were rotten. Or sometimes they were rotten and they did not submit. You don't want that. Brings us to a third reason. He says, let them do this with joy and not with grief. In other words, if the people obey and submit, then pastoring is a joy. If they disobey and they refuse to follow the leadership, then it's a grievous task. You know why you should obey when you are taught God's word? Because it becomes a joy to our hearts. That's why. A pastor ought to rejoice for the right reasons, not because his church is large. You could have a large, unsubmissive congregation. Or not because the offering is good. You just have a few wealthy people who throw in some money or because he's been published in a magazine or he has a radio broadcast. Those can become real ego trips. That's not why a pastor ought to rejoice.
1: His joy is to come when his
0: people respond to the teaching of God's Word.
1: We have continued to talk about obedience and submission. But as Pastor Steve wrapped up today's verse-by-verse program, he talked about the serious responsibility that pastors and spiritual leaders face. The fact that spiritual leaders will give an account for how they lead their flock is truly sobering. But that fact also ought to encourage each of us to be obedient and submissive to God's Word as taught to us by our spiritual leaders. When we do that, pastoring for them, leading for them is a joy. A pastor rejoices when his people respond to the teaching of God's Word. I hope you were blessed by today's verse-by-verse broadcast. If so, please tell a friend and encourage them to either tune into the broadcast or sign up for our podcast. You can do that by surfing over to versebyverseradio.org, then look over on the right-hand side of the page for the podcast link. And please join us next time for Verse by Verse.